0: Today we have a great episode with Real Podcast Heroes guest, Travis Bowe, but my microphone and Eddie's microphone had some issues. We have a new recording method and we hadn't quite worked out all the kinks yet. So we think that you might find the audio a bit inconsistent, but we've cleaned it up enough that we hope you still enjoy it. We look forward to bringing you the podcast quality you expect moving forward. Without further ado, please enjoy this episode of Let's Read Spider-Man. Let's Read Spider-Man. Welcome, True Believer Readers, to another episode of Let's Read Spider-Man, and here is a guy who could beat me up anytime he wants, my super young friend, Eddie. How are you today, Eddie?
1: I'm doing great, James B. I would never beat you up. I- I'm not even sure if I've ever really been in a fight anyways.
0: Um, I was in a fight once when I was a young kid. I believe um, that somebody picked up a wagon and threw it <laughs> at me, and then I ran away.
1: Oh, poor young James B.
0: <laughs> um, Today, though, we're going to talk about uh, the conclusion to the Petrified Tablet saga. It's issues 74 and 75 of The Amazing Spider-Man. And not only are we excited to end this eight-issue storyline, but there is something today that's going to make it even better.
1: That's right, James B. Today we have a great new guest. Introducing Travis Bowe. Why don't you tell us about yourself, your podcast, and your Spider-Man comic knowledge?
2: Well, hello there. I'm glad to be here. Uh, my name is Travis, and uh, yeah, I, I co-host a few podcasts, uh, Real Comic Heroes and Marvel Events Timeline, and I'm a huge fan of Spider-Man. My first Spider-Man comic was the adjective Spider-Man number 27. Uh, the story was called Something About a Gun uh, from October of 1992, and I've been hooked on Spider-Man ever since. From the 90s to the early 2000s, I would buy whatever Spider-Man comics I could find, uh so for a long time my collection was very random. Uh, I had very few sequential issues, but I gotten straightened out, you know, through the uh the mail subscription in the early 2000s and have been buying Spider-Man every month uh, since then. And with uh, Marvel Unlimited, I've been able to read just about every issue of Spider-Man from Amazing Fantasy number 15 through um I'm like number 4 Amazing Spider-Man number four twenty-six, I believe, was the last hey. one I read. So, like mid mid nineties. But uh, yeah, I mean, I love Spider-Man, and uh, like the folks over on the James Bonding podcast say, uh, they're lovers, not experts.
0: Well, if you're a uh, if you're only a lover with that much information, Eddie and I, we are basically indifferent. Don't, we're not even, don't
1: say it, James B. We're not even. Be...
0: We're not qualified here, Eddie. Well, maybe. <laughs> Maybe in the first, maybe in the first seventy-five issues, we're okay.
1: Striving to be experts. That's
0: Striving to be experts. Absolutely,
1: absolutely, <laughs> absolutely.
0: Eddie, why don't you uh, take it
1: away with the summary? Okay. The Amazing Spider-Man seventy-four. If this be bedlam, we open in the Magia's headquarters with Man Mountain Marco threatening a slightly reptilian Doc Connors to get to work translating the tablet. He is locked away with Wilson, the kingpin's old translator and immediately determines the tablet's tablet's inscription is biological in nature, while also thinking of his captive wife and son. Uh, James B., I'm so happy to see Doc Connors. Uh, You know that means the lizard's got to be here soon.
0: Yes, I know you're a big fan of the lizard. Um, (laughs) I like that guy. As much as you're happy to see Doc Connors, I'm happy to see that Doc Connors has found a way to control his urges to change into the lizard. But I have some questions about his ability to control being the lizard i don't know if this is a thing that um i've seen in the past i'm not really sure eddie how about you
1: it is a weird thing that it seems to be in his mind as a human the lizard's like attacking him and you know i've said it before it's it's like the hulk the hulk kind of controls his powers when he's bruce banner
0: yep yeah you have said that before about the hulk this is exactly like that uh travis um i know you've read more issues than us does the lizard have this
2: ability going forward? Is this something you've seen before? They they tend to do this a lot with the lizard, uh, you know, playing up the drama of him fighting back the urge. I think this in this issue is probably the most I can remember of him actively being able to, to shut it down. I can't <laughs> think of... I know before this, it's pretty much, you know, it's almost like the Hulk. You know, if he gets angry, he just turns... Yeah, I I I find that I'm always a little disappointed with the lizard Um, in in (laughs) Spider-Man action scenes. He's he's a great dynamic villain for Spider-Man. And I probably saw the lizard first in the the Spider-Man, the animated series from the 90s. And he's a villain that works great in animation and not too bad in live live action. Um, and visually, like with the right artist, he's great because he's a monster. So you know, some artists can go crazy with that. Um, and, and most of Spider-Man's villains, while animal-themed, are just old scientists. But here's a villain who, on one hand, is great because he, his Dr. Jekyll is Kirk Connors, who is a friend and mentor to Spider-Man, but his Mr. Hyde is a sp- snarling monster. So, like I said, um, I I like the lizard in as a... As someone for Spider-Man to fight, but I think I'm always a little let down any time the lizard shows up.
1: Across town, Spidey catches up to Big Caesar Cicero and avoids some dangerous booby traps, but is unable to free Billy and Miss Connors when Caesar cleverly escapes with them. Caesar shows up to Magia headquarters, where he is berated by Silvermane because he knows Spider-Man will soon be after them. Peter takes a break from web-slinging to attend class where he bumps into Harry, who's grown a mustache. Travis, is there anything worse than Harry's mustache in this issue?
2: Probably the padding in this issue. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh it's-
0: I would say that the only thing worse might be the fact that uh, we have another one of those uh, students doing the whole like, "Hey, what's bugging Parker? Is he suddenly too good for us." People are getting down on on him again because oh, he's. And, and speaking of getting down on him, Eddie is. You think Harry's back to hating Peter?
1: I I don't know. I was really surprised how agitated how agitated he was with him in this you know short little interaction.
2: But I I hope not. I kind like of, the I line of from one of the students about Parker being too good for them now, because for me, that feels like a callback to Amazing Fantasy 15 of, you know, oh, there's Bookworm Parker. He, he's too good to... Hang out oh, with you you
0: like that? I I'm I, I feel the opposite. I I'm tired of this story. of this This isn't just an Amazing Fantasy fifteen, and I know you've read like four hundred of these <laughs> and and about a thousand other books. But because we're so focused on these, but this 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 trope of like, oh, he's too good for us, which happened a lot when Harry first came in with Gwen Stacy in Amazing uh, Spider Man thirty one. This this went on for a while, and then they kind of pulled it back in this John Romita era. They haven't really been giving him a hard time, and the fact that they went back to this. In this issue, I'm like, come on, we've we've seen this before. But I understand why you like tying it together with the, your old Spider-Man storylines. But I'm looking at, like, let's move on. So, you know.
1: <laughs> Speaking of moving on, Eddie, it, let's go. It It is a sentimental scene. Um, but back at Magia headquarters, Doc Connors has concocted a serum from the tablet's translation. Throwing caution to the wind, Silvermane drinks the untested potion. And at the end, we discover the tablet serum is the fountain of youth. <laughs> Eddie, is your friend Dr. Connors,
0: like, way smarter than everyone else who has looked at this tablet? Like, what's going on here?
1: that That's all I can assume. Like, the tablet has been around for a very long time. Many people have looked at it. It's been on tour at universities. And the Kingpin, with all of his powers and energy and, you know, money and sway, couldn't – I know he didn't have it in his possession for too long, but – Doc Connors strolls in and, like, within hours, you know, not only translates it, but also comes up with a serum. Uh, I, pretty impressive stuff from Doc Connors. That's, let, that's all I have.
0: Let, let me mention this. It, he he solved this quicker than it took me to read this book. And this book, Travis, <laughs> this book was really, really fast to read, wasn't
2: yeah. it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, well... There's a pretty good reason why it's uh, such a quick read. Um, if you want me to,
0: yeah, I mean, go ahead.
2: Well, to start off, it's uh, it's all DC's fault. So I just wanted to start with that. But, all right, uh, okay, all right, uh, yeah, I like so, this. So this this era of Marvel comics are known for uh, less content in their books, uh, meaning each book, while containing the same page count of you know twenty one, twenty two pages. It actually contains less story than before, and and the books cost more. Their comics will go from $0.12 to $0.15, and eventually $0.20 in a a relatively short amount of time. And uh, one of the main ways that they limit the content per book is by scaling down how many panels appear on each page, which will speed up their artists, they can crank out more books. And uh, comics started out... Uh, where the most common panel layout is, is nine panels on a page, you know, not always nine, but that's kind of the, was the standard for a long time. Uh, Most of the pages in this book have four panels, some have five, and then three pages in this story uh, have a whopping six panels per page. Uh, That was pages 15, 16 and 17 of, uh, of 74. Um, Another trick you know that I did notice throughout this book, it includes reducing the amount of detail in the backgrounds. So if you pay attention to a panel with, uh, say, just, just Silvermane's face, uh, there's just a solid color behind them, and sometimes it works to make make it pop a little bit more, uh, make things a little bit more dynamic. Like it's kind of like typing in bold letters, but uh, it, it's just another workaround to speed things up a little bit.
0: Yeah, and if you have the book out in front of you like I do in front of me, you're right. Pages 19 and 20, there's like no background on any of the, like the six panels. There's one, like this one table in the back, of everything else is just color effects.
2: Hmm. Yeah. Uh, really so like I said, it, it's all DC's fault. And what I mean by that is <laughs> that uh, Marvel used to get their uh, comics distributed by a company called Independent News, and Independent was owned by a company called National Periodical Publications, and National owned a little company called DC Comics. <laughs> so, if Marvel wanted to get their stuff printed, they had to stick to eight books a month, uh, eight titles, uh, with this this contract that they had with Independent. And uh, Martin Goodman, the head of Marvel, finally kind of won some some leeway in uh, in '67. Uh, and and suddenly Marvel goes from eight books to twelve that they're able to to get out, you know, each month, and that's this is about the same time that uh, they start to lessen the amount of work going into each book, like I like I explained. So, uh, in Sean Howe's uh, book, Marvel Comics: The Untold Story, uh, which is a really good book, uh, he writes. Uh, for the last year or two, Lee had Lee had conveyed to his writers that Marvel stories should should have only the illusion of change, that the characters should never evolve too much, lest their portrayals conflict with what licensees had planned for other media. So it's important to note that that Stan was at this point he was kind of you know fading out of uh you know the comic aspect of Marvel and he was trying to get everything you know on TV uh the 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 cartoons like i think Fantastic 4 and and Spider-Man had cartoons going at this point and that was kind of his main focus was to to get other media going for for Marvel so
1: was so really yeah. interesting when i when i was like thinking of the summary and kind of thinking about this comic i was like well I guess that's it. it. It just seemed a little shorter than what it usually was, but I couldn't put my finger on it. Uh, thank you, Travis. Uh, I'm going to move on here. The Amazing Spider-Man 75, Death Without Warning. Spidey is rapidly swinging about the city, searching for the kidnapped Doc Connors and his captive, captive family. He gets a lead and swings towards Magia headquarters. At headquarters, Silvermane has regained his youth from the tablet serum. He has trouble convincing Marco and Caesar who he is, but is eventually interrupted by Spider-Man crashing through a skylight. With the three of them fighting, Doc Connors escapes to look at his family, but is overcome by the lizard and transforms. Spider-Man dispatches Marco easily, but continues to fight with Silvermane, soon realizing something is wrong with his reverse aging.
2: You know, this whole uh, tablet saga has led to basically just a fight between Spider-Man and a young, in-shape man. All (laughs) Silvio you know, keeps going on and on about in this issue is how youth will lead to ultimate power. I mean, Sil, you were young once already and you managed to climb to the top of the mob. Like how much more are you going to do with more youth?
1: It's really interesting. And I also noted like Marco here who let me remind everyone had his own whole issue. Fighting Spider-Man was defeated in four panels. <laughs>
0: Okay, I don't want to talk about Man Mountain Marco anymore. We had a whole issue for him, like you said. Let's talk about the fact that uh, when are I'm we going to when moment. are we going to see the last Blackie Eddie? All these guys named Blackie. I
1: It's been going on since Blackie Gaxton. Like, yeah, it's just like a decade of Blackies interrupting almost. You know it's, whatever's going on. It's
0: the it's oh the, the we know there's two major and now at least two minor Blackies, but is there another name that be, that villains are known for these days? Like like we <laughs> all name. Like, I can't even think what. Oh, Black, the mm. old Blackie is now. This is what we use for today. Like Rocco? Like, what's another villain name? Because they're all called.
1: Sinister. Oh, I don't Blackie. Know.
0: <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think that happens too often. Well.
1: It's, it's, it's a great, like, kind of joke joke <laughs> name, though.
0: Okay, let's get back to the summary.
1: He can't. Uh, Spidey can't stay to find out because he must save the Connors family. He knocks out Caesar's stoolies, but before he leaves the scene, finds a pile of clothing where Silvermane once was. Page 16 scared me in this issue. Uh, James B?
0: Yeah, so Eddie, you said, I saw in the show notes that you had written page 16 is the second most frightening panel you've ever yeah. seen. Yeah. So I opened up my book, and I don't know if you guys have the copy in front of you, but I went to page 16 on issue 74, <laughs> and it's Harry's mustache. <laughs> And I'm like, "Wow, Eddie is really harping on this mustache.
1: <laughs> Terrifying."
0: <laughs> then I realized, oh, he meant the other issue. So I went up I went ahead and checked page 16 there. And then I actually noticed on page 18 that was when I actually got a little like freaked out because when Silvermane you know, starts to disappear, I that freaked me out, but I see you were freaked out that Silvermane was screaming, right?
1: Yeah, as a little kid, kind of realizing that he was going to age back into being a baby or beyond. I mean, totally terrifying. The close-up on his face to the giant not-this written across. Very scary to me. Travis, what do you think?
2: I think the scariest thing here is that there's a mobbed-up baby who's just become one with the Force. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, let, let me end this issue. Spidey quickly frees Billy and Mrs. Connors and we flash to the last few panels where the lizard completely takes over the mind of Doc Connors. Mm. I really I really like the lizard's two different eye colors of this last panel, green and yellow. Um, I that's,
2: yeah, I
0: didn't even notice that really. You think that's supposed to be green and yellow? I thought that was just like the like the light reflecting no. in his eye or something.
2: Yeah, I think it's a lighting thing. Really, I th-
1: I, th- I felt it was to represent the two different kind of sides of the lizard. Since green is always evil, and then uh, you know, I thought, well, they should have used blue or red, but that wouldn't have been very good for an eye color. Uh, so, you know, well, a, a you, yellow you, is a kind of a positive light.
0: You you could be right. I mean, I just because I interpret it that way doesn't mean it's you, you could be you could be onto something. Maybe it's a deeper hey. a deeper analysis. You are the lizard, you know, the lizard <laughs> yeah. guy. So yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> is there anything else we need to talk about?
1: Uh, thus far, James B., uh, through these first 75 comics, in five annuals, how many people have died in Spider-Man?
0: So I'm supposed to name all the people that I can think of that have died. Um, Travis, do you want to take turns with me mentioning dead people? Sure. All right. Well, just without any details, just kind of, you know, I'll play the background music here, folks, that my little like uh, summary bullet music. We can cue that now. Um, <laughs> I'm thinking Frederick Foswell.
2: Mm. How about uh, is it Gustav Fears from the annual? annual Five? <laughs> gl-
0: glad, you, gl- glad you knew a name.
1: That was the missile uh, guy, right?
2: Yeah.
0: How about all right? Wow. How about um, I'm, everyone's leaving the obvious ones? Huh? How about uh, Betty Brant's brother?
2: Oh, Nice. Are, are we doing? Eddie, up- like you can play. You can play. Go ahead. I'm, I'm going to say Uncle Ben. <laughs>
0: all right, go ahead, Eddie. We're doing up to up to present, up to right now. Yep.
2: Oh, okay, so n- nothing past this. No, no. not oh. yet. Yeah. Because um, we
0: don't, because Eddie and I don't know what happens afterwards. <laughs> right. yeah, yeah. No one believes us when you tell our guests this. We don't know what happens. I mean, we know a little bit,
2: but. Rhymes with shmen shmacy. Um <laughs> <laughs> No, I guess I'm all out then.
1: All right, well, um, Eddie, just, do you have another one? Just the crime master, but. Oh, Ryan, the crime master. In a very mysterious way, so. Oh, that's nice. That's a, that's a good one yeah I, I think that's it for me
0: and listeners if we forgot anymore you can just send us a, a message called you dummies uh, and you <laughs> can send that to at let's read spiderman at gmail.com attention Eddie um, so um yeah Eddie um, we don't want this podcast to uh, to die because we refuse to put our sponsors on um, all right so let me go ahead and take care of some sponsor business if that's okay with you okay. Eddie, you probably use a moisturizer, then foundation, and you probably have tried a collagen-based face cream, but you still look way older than your students, right?
1: Uh, yes.
0: (laughs) Well, Eddie, it's time to lose the gray. From the makers of Big Bald Boss Cream comes the next new cosmetic. Eddie, but this is in edible form. That's right. Petra Fries is a fun new food that helps you slim down. Petrifies are made with a special serum and potatoes that will give you a younger, healthier look. Petrifies is available at fine restaurants such as the Coffee Bean, uh, Cousin Gravels, and now serving food, the Silver Spoon. Petrifies is available at your local grocer in frozen varieties including Caesar Sauce and Connor's Crispy Petrifies. Eddie, the Daily Bugle says these fries are to die for. So the next time you're feeling old, have a basket of Petra fries and make that gray go away. Eddie, are you going to get some salt and ready to chow down on your Petra fries?
1: (laughs) I'm very impressed with how many former sponsors are on the bandwagon for these, but I'm not sure, James B.
0: Not sure. Do you really want to walk, walk into school and be like, oh, here comes that old man with the gray beard and the gray hair? Really? This is a, it's a French fry, Eddie. It's, it's, it's so you don't have to put it on your face or anything. Hey, Travis, can you explain why you're, I know you're, you're interested, right?
2: I'm eating him right now.
1: <laughs> Travis,
2: be careful. We've
0: got, we've got a few minutes left on this podcast. We can get through it if we go quickly. So, okay. Petra, for, Travis, thank you so much for supporting our sponsor. We, we, it's appreciative that someone on the podcast besides myself feels that way. So,
1: did anybody else think Billy Connors was like much older than the last time we saw him too? I, <laughs> I think his that. age
2: has been like you know in flux for a couple of years. Yeah, because <laughs> I remember him he being never like really grows up either. Kid. So, <laughs> well, we no. will. And
0: you're not going to be able to deal with – if you ever get to the Fantastic Four with Franklin Richards growing up. It's, it's going to make you a
1: little – I mean, the only last like big thing I thought about was like age is a huge deal in Spider-Man. You know, from like Captain Stacy being old and Aunt May being old and like, you know, Silvermane. He's constantly talking about like I'm an old guy, but when I was young. I mean, it's just like there's lots of people and, who are always talking about how old somebody is. All
0: right. Well – Regardless of oh, what my. we approve or disapprove of, um, I want to know how you guys felt about these issues. So, Eddie, is there something you want to just kind of wrap it up, something you want to say, just a big thought, or, and then we'll pass it on to Travis?
1: I'm quite pleased to see the end of the tablet, hopefully, and <clears throat> the return of the Lizard. All right.
0: Uh, Travis, you got a bullet or two for us you want to talk about?
2: Yeah, I got a couple uh, like rapid-fire points. Uh, page six of... of the first story has a Cool Hand Luke reference. It, it's uh, He's grabbing Caesar, and he says, what we have here is ah, failure to it, communicate. Yes, oh, did, yeah. I did see that line, yeah. but I did not know Yes, Interesting. Yes. Um, mm, nice. Page 11, there's the often used trope of Spider-Man lifts a heavy thing. And let's see. Uh, Billy is the bravest boy. You know, he, he admits that he knows about his father, and he puts himself in between his mom and uh, danger, so...
0: He's usually uh, not the bravest boy. I remember he was afraid of yeah. a snake that was like twenty feet away from him uh-huh. back uh, when he first met him. So he's he's come a long yeah. way. He's developed.
2: Yeah, and uh, he- I think the last thing I wanted to say about these issues is John Romita's art is outstanding. Um, just the the panel, I guess it's page eighteen of seventy five. When he's doing kind of the face palm. Like, that page is great, and the cover of 75, it, it should be up there with, like, Spider-Man 50, yeah. yep. you know, uh, some of the classics.
0: Yeah, I agree. Another John Romita book, of course, too. So, yeah, I really like John Romita a lot, so you're not going to have any uh, any arguments for me on that. Does anybody have anything else?
2: Um, I... One little thing on the last page of 74, uh, Marco was, like, holding... Uh, Connor's, uh-huh. and if you look at Connor's ear, it's green. And really? I don't know if that's just, I, I think now because 75 doesn't start with him turning into the lizard, but yeah. how great would it have been mm. if this was him like transitioning? I think this is just a coloring mistake, but that ear is green, but it, there's no payoff to that. So. Wow, I, I, that's
1: a good one.
0: Like Eddie, you and I, like recently finished these books. I mean, I don't know how long, have you finished it. Like I, I didn't know there was a, I didn't know it was a uh, fountain of youth thing. I, I and I didn't, didn't
1: know that either. And I didn't know he was, gonna, <laughs> I didn't know he was gonna drink
0: and I didn't know he was gonna drink himself out of existence <laughs> either. So it was kind of like shocking to me. I was like, um, this book was like. Massively a big conclusion, but it felt like it should have just been one story, you yeah. know, instead of yeah. two two books.
2: I think the animated series they stopped with him becoming a baby, I think.
0: Oh, uh, they didn't pop him out of existence. No. I, I I do like how they brought the lizard in so we can segue into the lizards. I, I, I James B loves when there's two villains running around at the same time. I really do. Because I like segues. It's like right. a segue, right? It's <laughs> a good segue.
1: Yeah, I was so confused. I'm like, why would you go get Doc Connors to get this tablet? And then I was so happy when they were like, well, it's biological in nature. I'm like, oh, thank goodness this makes sense on some <laughs> level. I was like really getting upset until that happened. And it is biological, right? I mean, it is oh, biology. That's, that's but... what he, he says it speaks like yeah. the language of biology, and that's why he's able to decipher it, because so, he's a biologist, I guess. Um, Eddie, why
0: don't you tell people where they can find us?
1: Uh, you can find us at, uh, at let's read spiderman at gmail dot com or at let's read spidey on Twitter. Travis, how about you?
2: Um, you can find me on my podcast Real Comic Heroes. You can just search uh, Real Comic Heroes everywhere. It's real with two e's, and over there we review comic book movies in uh, you know in release order. So we started with uh, Superman and the Mole Men from 1951 and are moving towards the present. And then my newer podcast is Marvel Events Timeline. And over there, we're kind of doing the same format where we're starting with uh, the first meetup between uh, Namor the Submariner and uh, the Human Torch, which is the first time two different char- uh, comic book characters had ever crossed paths in, uh, in a comic book that weren't from the same story. So, uh, essentially that kicks off the Marvel, you know, universe without that, you'd never have, uh, the huge culmination of, of Endgame and the MCU. So yeah, wow. we're, we're going through the, the Marvel events, uh, in, uh, in release order over there as well. So Marvel events timeline.
0: That's mm-hmm. awesome. That's, that's awesome. Um, well, the event we had today was, uh, Silvermane uh, drinking the uh, drinking the petrified tablet serum and uh, basically popping himself out of existence. And uh, to summarize this podcast, why don't you take care of the uh, clothes for us today, Travis?
2: And remember, listeners, if there's a problem with a Marvel comic, it's DC's fault.
0: <laughs> Goodbye.
2: <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye. See ya.
0: Did you um? Did you guys like these? Like I mean, we we liked some, of we liked some, of we didn't like. But overall, did you like these stories?
2: No, I've never cared for this tablet, <laughs> tablet saga. It's I,
0: okay. It's it's not the best, but Eddie,
2: I I hated the tablet
1: just so right. much. But I was I was so happy to see the ending of it and you know i am not a john remita fan up to probably this point and i was Mm. super impressed with like the artwork i i always liked Ditko. i i just like re-went through all the old ditcos because i was trying to look for something and i i don't like these close-ups on the face typically but like i feel like there's a new tone kind of a darker tone with this whole magia um you know magia thing so magia magia there we go my travis magia, hey, magia. magia. Yep. sorry <laughs> so well, I, it's like okay for me to be kind of scared of these close-up faces now i feel like yeah the,
0: the tab the, the you're never going to see in the top 50 spider-man stories the petrified tablet i mean get me but no the thing i disliked about it the most was actually that it's sort of it's so self-contained that you could remove it completely and it never really happened you know what i mean <laughs>
1: It's You'd like, lose nothing Yeah, it like, right. would show up.
0: Yes, I know we introduced whatever um, Robbie's kid or something, but really, like it just sort of closes and deletes itself, right? So, um, Travis, uh, thank you so much for being on the podcast.
2: Yeah, no, this was a lot of fun. So. Oh, thank you for having me.